Welcome to Inside Out. Without prejudice or boundaries, this space is for raw and vulnerable conversations surrounding health, mental well-being, relationships, parenthood, and so much more. Our goal is to deliver a conversation that will educate and empower you through shared experiences told by inspiring and relatable guests. My name is Chris. I'm a wife, mum, and stepmom who is on a personal journey that cultivates a life of alignment and intention. I hope these conversations encourage you to do the same. Let's dive deep into today's episode. Hello, beautiful women. I am back on the mic and so bloody excited to be here. I have been battling some serious health issues the last few weeks, so I do apologize for my delay between episodes. This actually left me without a voice for the last two weeks, so please excuse my croakiness in this interview. I really wanted to get this episode out to you guys because it is such a magnetic and special conversation. Today's guest is Ryan Haddon. Ryan is a life and spiritual coach and meditation teacher, and she has experienced many transitions in her life, which she will share in this interview. Ryan has been a contributing writer for Kourtney Kardashian's website, push.com. She has written for Mind Body Green as well as the Sunday Edit and appeared over many news outlets all over the US. So she is a woman with many words of wisdom and brings so much goodness and takeaways into this conversation. In today's episode, we chat about Ryan's healing journey through alcoholism. We talk about her experience in the transitions in her life, such as going from living in Hollywood to moving to a beautiful farm in rural Pennsylvania. Um, she discusses her starting a career as a life coach. We talk about manifesting a thriving life, the power of reprogramming the subconscious mind, how to rediscover your desires and values, and cultivating balance. We also talk about so much more. I know that you guys are going to love this interview. If you do, please make sure you leave a quick written review on Apple Podcasts. This really supports me to support more women on their wellness journey. Let's dive into today's episode with the beautiful Ryan. Ryan, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It is lovely to meet you in person via Zoom. We are quite the distance from each other right now, but it's really lovely to connect. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. It's good to be here. Thank you. Oh, lovely. Look, I wanted to just give the audience and listeners a little bit more insight into who you are and where you're from. So can you share with us first off just a little bit about you? Sure. I am living currently in Pennsylvania. I moved to a um, farmhouse probably about 10 years ago, and I lived in Los Angeles for many, many years. And um, I just, I became a life coach. I've been working Mm. with people for a long time, probably 15 years in sort of the counseling recovery world, and then moved into uh, life coaching and hypnotherapy because I'm a huge believer in the subconscious mind. And, you know, I've just, um, I wrote for a very long, you know, for like almost two years, I was the in-house life coach for Poosh. Oh, which is fantastic. Great. Yeah. So yeah. I'm doing a lot of lifestyle web, you know, um, spirituality, personal development articles for them. And I've just written for a lot of different um, outlets like that. And I'm currently writing my book. Very excited about that. I offer a lot of courses and um, I work one-on-one with clients and I do group coaching. I just, any, any way that I can show up and be of service just feels really good and really right at this time. Yeah, it certainly feels like your, your life's work or life's mission is to support people, which is so beautiful. Yes, and grow alongside it as well. Yeah. I think it's so important. There's lots of way showers, um, mm. but I think it's 
I'm always in a course. I'm always learning. I'm always reading. I'm always growing alongside my clients, you know, so um, that it's fresh so that it's exciting to me also. And hopefully I fold that in and it becomes something that I can offer to them at the same time. So we're all learning and helping each other. I love that. I think it's really uh, such a healthy way to, to grow is to grow with the people that you support as well. So that's really beautifully put actually. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's important. Yeah, so you've transitioned from a somewhat materialistic lifestyle. I know that you grew up as the daughter of a supermodel living in Hollywood and life is a little bit different now. You've found yourself after dealing with alcoholism and now you have cultivated a thriving career as a meditation teacher and hypnotherapist. Can you share some insights into this huge life shift and this journey? Well, let's see. Yes, I did. I have grown up around um, sort of the bright lights, big city, and I've seen a lot of things up close and personal. I, you know, um, got seduced by all the the shiny things. Mm -hmm. And I think any good light worker on the path has walked through some dark nights of the soul. I mean, you can't, you know, help others find their way if you, if you're not well-versed in the dark places, you know, they're just as holy and they're just as sacred as um working the light to be honest you need to walk the walk you know you need to practice preach sorry yes and you know you need to know the value of um being in integrity with yourself and wanting to learn and grow i mean that wasn't always the case most of my life i wanted to find the easier softer way i wanted to find the shortcut i -hmm. wanted to um, align myself with people who had were living in their excellence you know, and I could I couldn't quite find my own mm-hmm. and it's very human. And, um, and then you become the plus one, you know, you become, uh, and then that is a whole process of not knowing your own place in the world. And so for me, that was so very painful that I picked up other tools. I use pretty much what you talked about alcoholism, but I pretty much picked up anything, anything that could take me outside of myself, be it a relationship, food, Mm. clothes, friends, a guy, anything Mm. at all. Um, And I think we all, our culture sort of pushes that too, Mm. Um, that there's some solution outside of us that's just out of reach. Mm. And if I could just get this, and if the guy would just do this, and if my parents could just respond this way, my kid, when I have a baby, when I, so there's like all these external factors that were, um, it's always the dangling carrot. And Mm. for me that I had exhausted all those possibilities. And so what do you do? You turn that anger, that frustration, that inability to cope with life and find your place. And you turn that as a weapon against yourself. And that's how addiction shows up. I think it's like the extreme case of self-loathing an extreme case of, um, not understanding that all these big feelings and the work happens by being with yourself, by trusting your process. But if you don't have tools and you don't have a roadmap, it gets really hard. So um, that's my journey. And it's like I said, it's a sacred path. So yeah, I think so many of us are having, you know, these human experiences and these huge life transitions. But a lot of us are coming from that place of searching for fulfillment in escapism and searching for that success in, you know, the the big business, the pretty lights, you know, the materialistic things, or then there's escapism like drugs and alcohol. And 
you know, for forming toxic relationships with people because we just so badly deep down crave that validation and crave that worthiness that we, a lot of us weren't provided from childhood. And that's something that I think, um, is quite common now that we're all just on this self-discovery journey where we're learning that we didn't feel worthy when we were young. And now we've gone, you know, through these big life shifts and transitions, but a lot of people also on the other side, aren't experiencing the transitions because they're not recognizing mm-hmm. their behaviors, which is really sad. But I love that there are um, people like yourself that are support in this space, in the online space, in the world that are walking the walk and talking the talk and being available as a resource to support people to make these major life shifts. Because if we can come out the other side of de-escapism and the self-loathing, as you said, we grow and expand into these beautifully talented people like yourself to support others oh. and teach others. That's right. That's right. And there's nothing wrong with the bright, shiny things. I, I don't want to like, you know, we're not living in caves in India. Like we can't just, you know, we're householders. We live in the world. You have to learn how to be in the matrix, but know and not be played by it. Mm-hmm. You know, and what I mean by that is like, it's absolutely fine to drive a beautiful car and have, you know, and enjoy fat and all the things, beauty and fat and all those things. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is when we think that that's the solution for mm-hmm. everything. And that's, that's, yeah. that's, you know what I mean? It's like how you could have a character asset, but then it becomes a character defect yeah. because it's something that you overuse. So it can really just turn and, and, um, be something that you can get lost in, but I, I, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, God, the universe is abundant. Mm-hmm. The universe is in this, in the lap of luxury. Look at nature. It's just so prolific. So it's not about asceticism. It's mm-hmm. not about renunciation. It's not about, we're all going to just crawl into caves and chant mantras. And that's the way, you know, I think it's really this maturation of us collectively saying, I'm going to do the inner work and then my outside can reflect all the these wonderful things that we find here on this on this earth plane this 3d mm-hmm. plane that we're in right now and just enjoy it but not identify it as our as as aspects of who we are all the time you know what i mean yeah absolutely i could not agree more you've put that so well and it's just so important that we're reminded of finding the joy in this universe and finding the joy in our lives and and focusing on that and really ensuring that we're not using external exposure things like social media and things to bring us that validation and bring us those you know moments of fulfillment when we really need to work on loving ourselves first and foremost I believe mm-hmm. and it's hard to do mm-hmm. I mean everyone knows what you just said is true and yet we all get sucked into it Absolutely. You know, it's very seductive. And I think we have to have a lot of compassion for ourselves, set good boundaries, you know, notice like just having awareness of, oh, wow, I'm really spending more time. What's going on for me right now? You know, it's really having that kind of conversation because everyone knows they're supposed to love themselves. I mean, that's, they've made t-shirts about it and <laughs> everyone's saying it and it sounds easier. You don't just decide it one day. Well, actually you do. You can say, I'm going to make that a commitment, mm-hmm. you know, to loving myself through any context that presents it presents Mm -hmm. because that's what it's there for. Yeah. You know, I had a mentor who said to me, um, I would call her 
and just say, oh my God, this is going on as many years ago. What's happening? And my husband's doing this. And this was, you know, almost 20 years ago. You know, how do I handle this and this and that? And she'd listen to me and then she'd say, how much more can you love yourself right now with whatever's here in front of you? How much more can you um, be a total acceptance of what's happening right here and right now mm. that is here for you? And that yeah. really was a training for me. I have recently, I suppose, learned the affirmation to start showing up more intentionally for myself and making more intentional choices in terms of my everyday. So, you know, making decisions like consuming alcohol or what food I'm choices I'm going to enjoy and saying to myself, is this coming from a loving place? So I went through a little bit of a phase earlier on in the year and I had a lot of big stressful external factors um, contributing and my wind down period, witching hour with my four children, it was chaos. And my wind down was a glass of wine or two. And that's okay because that's in proportion, but it was every day. And then I built this habit of, I'll have my glass of wine, it's five o'clock. And then I have my second one at six and ah, the shoulders relax. I feel that presence mm -hmm. of no responsibilities. And I don't, you know, if the kitchen's a mess, that's okay. If the washing doesn't get done, that's okay as well. And I really wasn't happy doing that because I was creating this awful habit that I knew was not sustainable and it was affecting my energy the next day and I was having a lot of brain frog fog sorry and then not getting to sleep as quickly because I had alcohol in my system and things and I knew I needed to make some changes so just making the the affirmation to recite to myself is am I going to make this next choice consuming alcohol is this from a loving place is this for me mm -hmm. is this going to provide me joy and changing that one thing and now I just no longer have that desire or that craving beautiful yeah, yeah. I, I love that you found your phrase and so I invite everyone to think about what that phrase is because sometimes those phrases can have an alchemical effect on us mm. you know like that person saying to me how much more can you love yourself right now with everything as it is if nothing changed mm. you know and I would think that and it would everything would just drop and be like yes that's the mission that mm. is the mission it's not about the husband doing this, the person doing that, this event, it's all situationally uh, context for me to have that opportunity. So I love that you, again, took um, inventory of what was going on in your life and is this for my highest good? Mm -hmm. And then not only did you notice that, but then you took action around it mm -hmm. and found your phrase and it's sort of like the filter mm -hmm. from there on out that you can, mm -hmm. you can run it through. Does it, does it, fit in my new value that I've set for myself of how I, how my, you know, how I want to be living my life. Yeah. Powerful. So just digressing a little bit, your work as a hypnotherapist has a lot of intriguing elements that I'm excited to hear more on in particular um, that we have the ability to reprogram our subconscious mind. So research confirms the brain, specifically the prefrontal cortex is the most active and readily creative immediately following from sleep. So I would love if you can help me understand a little bit more. How can we harness our creative power from the subconscious mind directly waking? Well, when we're waking and we're sleeping, we're dropping into different brainwave activity levels. So right now you and I are in beta state and it's pretty, it's pretty rapid and it's mostly about output. And then below that is alpha, which we drop in throughout our day, kind of when we're spacing out, when you're watching a movie, when you're reading a book, when you're driving from A to B and you don't know how you got there, you know, that's alpha state. And then below that is theta. And theta is the state where the subconscious can really be 
programmed for good and below that's delta which is sleep so when you're going to sleep at night and you're waking up in the morning you're passing through all these states so when you go to sleep at night as you're falling asleep that would be a really wonderful time to repeat an affirmation to start thinking about your day tomorrow and start saying things like i wonder what will happen tomorrow i can't wait to see what happens around this or i love myself so much and i accept myself completely find your phrase find your time that's when those phrases, those affirmations, those expectations can really take root and shift a subconscious because the subconscious is mostly skew negative because it's, it's just recycling what it knows and it's usually habitual thought processes and patterns. And like I said, it's not usually on the positive end of things. Yeah. So we have the power to harness that. We have the power to reprogram that, but we want to find those opportune times to do it and waking up and going to sleep is that time. Mm. How can the practice of hypnotherapy be used as a tool for improving, you know, more better, better and healthier relationships, self-esteem or even just breaking or quitting old habits? How can that practice be used as a tool? So just knowing, like I said, that there have been tapes laid down somehow, some way mm. that whatever you're using, be it a relationship, whatever's familiar, you're going to keep calling in that same relationship again and again and again. And so unless you re upload a new idea around a relationship, you would want to do that with the subconscious because the conscious mind says, I want it to feel like this. I want to be a happy thing and I want it to be peaceful. But mm. the subconscious will literally call in that same experience that it recognizes over and over. And you'll find yourself attracted to someone, but it's literally just the subconscious mm. recognizing a pattern within mm. that person that it deems um, familiar to it. Mm. So you see, it can look like the saboteur because it's rerouting what your conscious mind wants but essentially what it's trying to do is move you into alignment because it's trying to show you the places where you're still not healed. And that's why this, we are such a divine mechanism. We have all these aspects to us and the subconscious is one of them. Mm. Yes. The, um, the thing of law of attraction is something that I am very intrigued by at the moment. I think, you know, so many women for many, many years have dated the wrong guy and consistently picked the wrong person that is wrong for them. They know they're wrong for them, but they constantly call them in to be aligned with them. They're so misaligned. So I love that we're all learning now. Um, I'm happily married, so this doesn't apply to me, but I love that we're all learning now that we can reprogram that subconscious mindset and yeah, really go in and, and stop that from happening essentially. Yes. Yes. And just work with, you know, it's just one more modality to do that. Hypnosis is one more modality. I mean, there's lots of other ways. It's just a really potent, it's kind of the, one of the faster ways instead mm. of like talk therapy, which sometimes can just be conscious. Mm. Mm. Um, and a lot of times I'll work with therapists and they know the value of working with the subconscious and, you know, they, they kind of go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. manifesting uh seems to be the new buzzword on the wellness market or you know so it seems for me it's a word that's just in the online space every single day someone's talking about manifestation can you share for those that are just brand new hearing this word what does this actually mean mm -hmm. well it means different things for different people and it's a little tired to be honest um i think there's ways to properly or effectively manifest. So get really clear on what you want, figure out if you, there's any, you have any conflicting ideas around it. 
make sure that you're making choices in your life that align to what you're manifesting and then sit every day and visualize that really turn up the volume again your subconscious um, houses your memory and your imagination and all your emotions so you really want to when you're manifesting because like we said the subconscious is the one that's calling everything in so you really want to turn up the volume on specifics what's happening what are you doing what are you feeling in this outcome state that you're manifesting this desired you know um future that you're plucking out of the quantum field so Mm. you want to and you want to just keep choosing that over and over and again every single day keep sitting seeing all the details of it and then maybe you imagine how you feel after it's happened after this outcome state has arrived you imagine that and any doubts that come in you just keep saying day to day it's all working out it's on its way to me and then again just aligning your life to it so if you have you want to be have a lot of money make sure that you're you know, um, getting off the couch and doing the things that you need to do, that you're taking the step work, that Mm. you are paying all your bills and time, that you're using language, that you're constantly affirming that it's on the way to me, that you don't have conflicts that such as money is the root of all evil, or there's not underlying beliefs that are sabotaging that. So you'd wanna really unpack that. The same in a relationship. If you say, I wanna be in a happy relationship, but some part of you of your, from your past believes that it's impossible, that you're not worthy of it, that, you know, those are the things that you'd really want to unpack and make sure that there's no conflict there because mm-hmm. that's where we trip ourselves up. That's why manifesting doesn't always work and people try and they're like, it's not working. What you want to do is keep imagining the same thing and the feeling that you feel getting it. The feeling is what will draw it to you, the emotion. Um, so do that. And then when any doubts pop in, just keep saying, no, it's on its way. I can't wait to see how it shows up. What are your thoughts on things like vision boards and things? Love them. I think they're great. But again, you have to do the work, Mm. you know, do the rest of the work. People will do the vision board and then they'll just keep doing the same things in their day-to-day life. So vision board is great. Again, it's the subconscious visual it's seeing things and it creates an emotion. You see all these happy pictures and words and outcomes that, you know, are desirable to you. And so they elicit a feeling. Um, It's not like some mojo thing that we're doing, like that you make the board and then put it in your closet. I mean, make it and put it in front of you. Look at it all the time. Feel the feeling that you feel when you're looking at it and then align your life around it. So you're teeing things up for it to come. Mm. Yeah, it's so you know intriguing to me. Like, it's and know just, that you're worthy. Yeah, that's such an important thing, Chris. I just yeah. wanted to say that. Sorry yes. for interrupting. No, that's okay. It's important. You have to keep saying, "I'm worthy," and there's a self-love piece that comes in, knowing somewhere. And for those that are spiritual, listening to this, but somewhere knowing that the universe wants to deliver this to you, that of course it does. You're a beloved daughter son of the universe it wants to give you everything yeah you know and so it's just really aligning that belief system and yourself with that and when the doubts pop in because they will mm-hmm. um to have your go-to lines that you say and to keep seeing that board with frequency and keep looking at it and keep letting it letting it have its way with you if you will all the feeling states that you'll have around it is important to allow it to elicit that Mm. what are some common misconceptions of hypnotherapy um i think people are nervous that they could be controlled in some way in a negative way or that the the hypnotherapist 
have to just get them to do something that they don't want to do mm. that um uh they might you know because of stage shows they might think that they might behave in a foolish way that's that's just not how things go in the hypnotherapy mm. what happens is we figure out what your outcome state is who you want to be on the other side of whatever it is that's you feel is impeding like if you don't have that connection to your subconscious mind or if it feels too overwhelming we'll sit together and we'll figure out your specific language your specific issue and then we'll drop into this state of state through an induction through it like it feels like a, a, med a meditation of sorts but even deeper than that and um and you're aware of it you're aware of your thoughts and we'll upload these new ideas what you really want to have happen next and then you'll listen to that over and over some hypnotists don't do that i do i let people to take the what the recording and then listen to it in their own time over and over repeatedly to really solidify that suggestion can you do hypnotherapy over zoom is that yes. something that you can all my yeah. clients are all over the world yeah I've, i had before COVID, I had a few people come to my office here but now it's really everyone's everywhere i mean i have clients in australia I have clients in bali I have clients in london like it's wow it's, do you find it easier or more difficult to tap into that no it's it's i can't because i'm i'm we're watching each other they're relaxing and i can get our breathing sing our breathing together and i'm seeing how deep they're going in trance for the most part and um yeah it's pretty potent incredible that's something i definitely feel like i could try it's um mm -hmm. i when i was younger i was hypnotized i was about 15 and a half i think um and i've shared this once before on the podcast but for new listeners i started binge eating when I was in my teenage years and I got really unhealthy and quite overweight for me, quite overweight for me. And um, I was really unhappy. Now I went through this phase of, I used to make fat jokes. I used to make them so that you knew that I knew how I looked and I already mm. thought it was funny. So you can't judge me. You can't perceive me other than how I've told you to perceive me. And that's how I mm. orchestrated most conversations. It um, got really bad to the point where my family couldn't speak to me without the consistent fat jokes coming up and they were tired of it. They couldn't, I couldn't go anywhere um, because they were embarrassed by me always having to have this conversation over and over or ripping myself off and tearing myself apart because it would make other people feel quite uncomfortable. So I, my mom took me to a hypnotist and I, it, I, I don't know, um, I don't remember who it was. It was quite an older male. Um, we live in a town where it was a bit woo-woo back then to even think to do that. Um, and I don't think there was really anyone else available to do that. Now it did work for whatever he did. I don't, don't remember. All I remember was I felt like I was just knocked out cold. Like I don't have any recollection mm. of what happened in that room. Um, I know that I was safe. I know that I was comfortable and I could feel my hands. I just remember moving my fingers. So I don't know what kind of um, practicing that he was doing or whatever, but um, because I didn't really understand it at the time, but I have had it done. And I can say that I was put into a state of mind where I actually don't know what I said or what I did, but it worked. And I stopped yeah. the, stopped the behavior. I changed my eating habits. And over the course of the 18 months, I began to grow and expand as a young adult. Wow. And did you go for several sessions or was it just the one? It was just the one. Um, yeah, it was just the one. That's so, so beautiful. Wow. Amazing. I love that you had that. I love that that showed up for you. Mm, thank yeah, you. Me too. I, I sought out a hypnotherapist 
many years ago and it really helped in a lot with a lot of things. So um, I'm a huge fan. I think it would be really good for me now being a lot older, having had so many more life experiences and challenges that have come up, so many different traumas and wounds that need healing still that I'm constantly, you know, I'm an advocate to always work on yourself, that the work's never done. It's there until you die. You need to constantly grow and expand and with that comes healing. Um, so it would be really interesting to actually do some hypnotherapy with you. I would love, love to try it. Anytime I'm here. I'd love to. <laughs> um, look, I've got one more question for you before you go. Um, it's a question I do like to ask some of my guests because I always take so much inspiration from not only these conversations, but the people that inspire you. So who or what is your go-to for inspiration or new teachings that you can recommend to people listening, wanting to learn more about spiritual healing modalities? Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. um, I'm reading, I'm constantly reading something or I'm just reading a book by Todd Devine. It's D-E-V-I-N-E-Y. And I think it's called Expanding Consciousness. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I'll put that one in the show notes. Yeah. And then also um, for anyone interested in hypnotherapy, this book was a serious up leveler for me. It's called by Michael Newton, Dr. Michael Newton, and it's called, um, oh my goodness, I just blanked. Um, Journey oh, of Souls. Uh, Journey of Souls. So yes. a lot of different people do um, life, you know, they do past life regressions. And those are interesting. Brian Weiss and all those people, everyone knows about him. Mm-hmm. So he was one of those people who, you know, accidentally was doing hypnosis and accidentally took someone, accidentally, I'm saying that in air quotes, into another life and he didn't realize what was happening, but then come to find, he realized he could actually regress people and they could get messages from their other lifetimes and lessons and things that they were bringing into this lifetime. Someone had a bum knee or if they were having a handicap of some kind that was from another life that they were here to heal that Mm. or that's really interesting. But Michael Newton's book is even more interesting to me because he is all about what happens between lifetimes. And so now we're talking about the afterlife. Mm. And so he would regress people into their lifetimes between lifetimes. So it's all about review, life review. It's all about us traveling in soul pods. It's all about like a school that happens, not just the earth school, but the, the um, soul school, if you will. Yeah. So how we're all working together with contracts with each other and how we're working things out in really mystical and beautiful ways. And mm. so that, that book's really powerful. Plus you'll learn a lot about hypnosis and, mm. you know, it's kind of a theme that we've been talking about this podcast, but it's, it reads like a novel and it's just fascinating. So those beautiful. are my suggestions. I'll add those to my list. I am trying to read one book a month at the moment. I did have a goal of one a week, but that's unrealistic. So I'm trying to read one book a month for the next 12 months. So that can be added to my list and I'll, um, I'll definitely read because I'm excited okay, to yeah, learn. Tell me how you like them. I'd love to know how you enjoy them. (laughs) I definitely will. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for joining me today. For people listening that might want to connect with you, where is the best place they can find you? I'm usually current on Instagram. So I'm at ryan.hadden and then my website, which is ryanhadden.com. Perfect. I'll put all of that in the show notes of this episode. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Inside Out. I really want to grow in this space and make sure these stories and experiences are heard. If this episode resonated with you, I would love to hear from you. 
please leave me a review and hit subscribe to ensure you don't miss our next conversation. Please also join me on Instagram and let me know what you thought about this episode at Inside Out with Chris. I can't wait to share more with you really soon.